You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Schaefer, Esquire. So, so not not anything superhero-related for this, since we're going to be talking about Spider-Man once again? No. 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 <laughs> so for our season premiere of Not So Live from Asteroid G... We are going to be discussing Spider-Man since, you know, the MCU is huge and that's the movie that just came out. I would discuss, like, the Avengers, uh, but you guys somehow haven't seen that even though you've seen the new one because we are joined in the studio not only by you, Josh, who is easily distracted today, but mm. also your lovely wife, Josette. Yes. Yes. I am the wife. <laughs> so, first of all, why did you see Spider-Man without seeing Avengers? I didn't want to see Avengers. I'm sorry. At all? I mean, eventually it'll be on Netflix. Okay. Or Disney. That's just like you've seen all the MC, uh, maybe barring Hulk, but you've seen all the MC movies up till now. Like, why? Why did you skip this one? I didn't really care. The Avengers movies, we felt like if we were to go see it, it was going to be out of obligation. Whereas we've enjoyed the Spider-Man stuffs thus far mm-hmm. way more than the Avengers. <laughs> I okay. Okay. Age of Ultron was stupid. Well, yes, but that's that was the that was the weakest of the set. You guys did see like Infinity I, War, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, not to say that those were horrible, but no, Age of Ultron just, was horrible. Oh yeah, well, Age of Ultron was pretty bad. Yes, like that's the outlier of of all of them. But like we we already knew what was going to happen. I'm kind of burnt out on superhero movies too. Even though we went to go see Spider Man. But he's not a superhero. Uh, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Spider-Man superhero. <laughs> oh shit! So Spider-Man. So the new Spider-Man. There's, I mean, in the last four years, we've had three Spider-Man movies, all of them done by Sony, with two of them by MCU and Sony, but all of them done by Sony. Who we all pretty much thought Sony couldn't make a Spider-Man movie to save their lives at this point. Hmm. Hmm. And now that you've finally seen all three of them, mm-hmm. I guess we can finally discuss them. Because we, we had Homecoming, and we all discussed Homecoming back in the day. And Homecoming is a great movie. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's good. I think they actually did a good job with Vulture. Who was also Michael Keaton's a beast. <laughs> and, I mean, over on the whole, they, they, they did an interesting thing of positioning Peter Parker to be, like, Iron Man's successor, more or less. Which, mm-hmm. I mean... Spoiler at this point, but yeah, that's pretty much what's confirmed in the new Spider-Man movie. So, I mean, how do you... I know that's not something that's in the comics, because while Spider-Man and Iron Man have worked together in the past, that that whole, like, I don't know, uncle-nephew or father-son thing... They were closer in age in the comic books. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, I think it works. I mean, Iron Man's no more, so there has to be someone that's the financial backer. And, yes. it makes, and it makes sense to have Spider-Man because he's smart. I mean, didn't in the comics, didn't Spider-Man at one point like make his own tech company and get rich or something? I think so. I don't know. It's I'm not much of a Marvel. I mean, I'm sure it probably stopped happening because Marvel loves to reset itself over and over again. I'm sure now he's poor and back in college getting his like instructional tech degree <laughs> associates or whatever. No. But so, so what did you think of? Because you get to hadn't seen it before in the previous time that we discussed Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie Okay, yeah. out of all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because? Well, you have... I've never seen that art style before. Mm-hmm. They clearly put a lot of thought and work into it. I like Miles Morales. I know that some people were like, oh, it's not Peter Parker. But I 
thought he was cool. And then the soundtrack was amazing. <laughs> yeah, the just everything that they put into it, all the, all the different aspects, the the art style, the story, the character development, it all was just very cohesive. And it just all worked with one another, which to me is very hard to accomplish because typically you can find one thing of a movie that just was the weakest link. But in Into the Spider-Verse, everything just worked with one another. I mean, I think the, the weakest part of that movie is, I mean, it's the it's the other Spider-Man that they introduce because they give a lot of focus to Miles and alternate universe Peter Parker and Spider-Gwen. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets a lot a decent amount of buildup. I like mm-hmm. Spider-Noir and Spider-Ham and Penny Parker, who we see. But they don't exactly really show up as anything more than, like, oh, cutesy extras. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and like I, now, admittedly, I'm not sure how much you could do with Peter Porker or Spider Noir, but I felt like there was at least some sort of story they could have given more to Penny, and we really don't get much of anything from her. No, she's the first out too. Yeah, and like she shows up, she does it, says a couple cute things, acts anime, and then wanders away. Yeah, and her robot gets killed. <laughs> Spoiler. Oops. <laughs> Spoiler for now a year and a half old movie, mm-hmm. half old year old. I, I think it's fine. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the, those movies enough that I am actually interested to see where Sony goes with it moving forward, because they're talking about in the second Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which I guess actually would go Into the Spider-Verse, uh, and then like a Spider-Gwen movie and all that. And I think Spider-Gwen's an interesting character, although I know nothing yeah. about her from the comics. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to her. <laughs> She's basically Ultimate Spider-Man, but f- and she gets to be Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker gets to be Spider-Man. Sort of. Yeah. 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 So, and J. Jonah Jameson, of course, hates her, too, because he hates everyone. Yeah. Except Silk. (laughs) So, and then we have uh, Far From Home, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. the new one. And that's the one that really seems to, like, they're saying it's the end of the third phase of the MCU, but it really almost feels like the start of the fourth. Yeah, I think it's a nice bridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, end of the third, start of the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's starting to show i guess kind of where the mcu was going to go in the future and it's despite what the trailers for the movie say it's not really into the multiverse for them that that's a ruse and it's really more about like one figuring out who is going to truly succeed uh, iron man as the center of the universe which i think is interesting that the mcu is making peter parker the center of it when they don't even fully own the character so like maybe it's just for the, the little bit, and then now that they own the X Men, maybe five, four or five years from now, the X Men will become the center of it or something. I don't Could. know. Although I don't really care that much about the X Men. I don't know how the like I said in the X Men one. I don't know how they'll have the X Men one be in the same universe. I mean, I have to assume it's a situation like. Um, so this is gonna be spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen the movie. I'm sorry. There's no way we can discuss this without. But at the end of Spider-Man, it's revealed that the Skrulls who were introduced in Captain Marvel have been, like, some of them have remained on Earth, and they've been working behind the scenes, and they're kind of helping things along, I guess, or something. I don't know exactly what that is. But it's the thing of, I guess you could just have it where, you know, if you set a couple of the new X-Men movies in, like, late 90s, early 2000s, like Captain Marvel was, and just show them, like in the background doing their own thing and the school getting established and everything else without like it being world ending events, mm. you could kind of establish how the X-Men have existed this whole time without really revealing themselves. Maybe. Eh. I don't eh. know. 
the big thing with the X-Men is that they're persecuted, but you can't be persecuted if everyone's accepting of... Yeah, with all the superheroes that are running around. Yeah. But that's a question we had the last time when we discussed Marvel. Like, how do you have persecuted heroes when all the other heroes that are running around that are basically considered mutants for the most part aren't persecuted? Like, how does that even work? Yeah, I mean, they kind of largely ignore that in the comic books, but <laughs> it annoys me. <laughs> Unless you're super in a annoyed. unless you're in a mutant mu- book, then suddenly they're super persecuted. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So, so so you're telling me Captain America wants everyone to be together, but is also okay with the government being racist towards mutants. Towards mutants. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make. I'm trying to think my way through it. I yeah. feel like I'm probably grasping at straws, but I think the way that they try to justify it is is that mutants aren't part of they're like the to use the word outlier again for the second time today but they're the outlier of uh the evolution of humans so they're defective in some way whereas these other superheroes like captain america iron man they're not mutants so they're not genetically defective in some way yeah but they're they're still truly human, whereas the mutants are not. I, I guess, but how do you? Is the only thing I can think of <laughs> as how they justify it. Yeah, but how do you like make the difference between someone who gained their power because their DNA rewired itself and someone who gained power because a spider bite rewired their right. DNA? Like, if Peter Parker has a kid, which they've already established in the comics in like mm-hmm. twenty forty nine or whatever. His kid's going to inherit his weird, screwed-up spider DNA. Right. So, does that make her a mutant at that point? Like, how does this work? I'm... I don't understand. I don't either. <laughs> like I said, it's just... That's the only thing I can think of as to how it's been justified thus mm. far. Yeah. What were we talking about? Speeder means. <laughs> yes, but... How so, how X-Men would be introduced into the rest of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, I mean, you put Spider-Man in it now. He, for the next four or five years, he's the center of the universe, basically, until Marvel gets tired of dealing with Sony. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's be honest, Tom Holland's not going to want to play this character forever. At some point, Robert Downey Jr. got tired of it, and they kept throwing more and more money to lure him back, and now he's done. Yeah. He's like, no more, I'm out. But at some point, Tom Holland is probably going to want to step away or not have as big a role as he does right now, like Robert Downey Jr. did. And you're going to have to have someone else in that role. And I don't know, maybe Thanos' snap is what causes the mutants? Maybe. I mean, that's a way to explain it. You can just slowly start, like, in the background developing mutants out of the snap, and then suddenly, like, mutants are a big thing. Five years from now, we have to do all this. Eh. Yeah. I mean... There's been worse things that's happened in the comic book history. I mean, it's weird to me that a bunch of people get snapped away, half the population of everything, which they do clearly establish as animals and insects and trees and Mm -hmm. everything else, which whole ecosystems just fall apart when you really think about this. Yes. And then five years later, so we're now looking at these movies taking place in 2023, which they don't even talk about, but 2023. All these people suddenly get dropped back in. And while Aunt May in the new movie kind of addresses the fact that, you know, new people are living in her apartment and they have to move somewhere else, that seems to be the extent of what they say is wrong with the world when it feels like, to me, a whole portion of Spider-Man could have been just, like, them actually dealing with the problem. Yeah. So, instead of just hand-waving it away. Yeah. I think there'll be more problems with that in the future. 
It feels like there has to be. There has to be like the entire next phase of the Marvel MCU just has to like address the fact that all these people were gone for five years and jumped back in. And like instead of dealing with that, Spider-Man shows up at a charity and then goes off on a European vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like Josh just said, like they're going to have to deal with that. Like you can't be ho-hum with (laughs) something like that. I mean, they could just not address it, I guess. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if 50% of trees were just like disappeared in the rainforest and someone wanted to develop that land, there's a building now standing there and all of a sudden... There's a tree in the middle of it. There's a tree in the middle of it. I mean, that's kind of messed up. I I think like, you know, 50% of all trees disappearing would kind of be okay for the California like forest area. Sure. The wildfires are a big problem with that over there, but like you, you, you raise a good point. Fifty percent of rainforests are now there, and like you have like fifty percent of uh, marine wildlife disappear, and then suddenly they all what reappear in the middle of a boat if they're yeah. like. That. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of problems with that yeah. that just don't get addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Mm-mm-mm. anyway. Spider Man, Spider Man. So your thoughts on the new movie? Uh, like we were discussing this before we started this podcast, and the first forty-five minutes I feel of that movie are kind of slow. Yeah, it, I think it, they focused a little too much on Peter Parker not wanting to be Peter or Spider-Man. Yeah, like which, which I didn't really get, but I did. But I mean, it's 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 a plot line from the comics, isn't it? At least yeah. more than once, he doesn't want to, or he wants to be able to be a normal kid and so forth. But right, like I thought, we pretty much addressed most of that in the first movie. Yeah. The whole he he can't be both, and he just has to accept that and move on, or whatever. I don't know. I, yeah, it didn't it didn't feel necessary to the run of the movie. <clears throat> Nor did the European vacation. No. Yeah, I think him still dealing with that, like that's always going to be an ongoing thing. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the issue with most superheroes, I believe. But I do feel like that they spent way too much time on that particular aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, we get it. You don't want to be Spider-Man, but <laughs> let's get over this part. <laughs> and then get to the cool Mysterio action, because mm-hmm. Mysterio was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, hit, all of his special effects were great, and Jake Gyllenhaal was amazing as the hero, uh, the, the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Spoiler, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if you <laughs> ever picked up a Spider-Man comic book with Mysterio yeah. in it, I mean, it shouldn't have been a big surprise. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They they pitch him as a hero in the trailers. Right. But, like, within 45 minutes of the movie starting, if you haven't already figured it out just watching the movie, you're like, he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, there, there was no way around that. And plus, plus the way they handled it, it was pretty good. Yeah. But it was a kind of twist that they could have dropped 15 minutes in, and it wouldn't have been bad just to no. get it out of the way because the movie got so much more interesting when Mysterio was revealed as the hero of the villain. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I wasn't a big fan of Edith, the sunglasses. Yeah, that was weird. That's that's just them using Tony Stark tech again in strange ways and I much preferred the weird talking lady voice that was in mm-hmm. his costume in the first movie. Like, I missed yeah. not having that like banter between him and his talking lady voice. Yeah, because Edith was just... I don't know. That do do sex machina or whatever. Yeah. They use sex machina, however you say it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean I know it was the vehicle for Mysterio's big thing. Which I didn't hate. I I I thought all of his stuff and bringing back people from the previous movies and having them all be part of this villain network for Mysterio was interesting. Oh, yeah. 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 But how I just don't understand how 
Mysterio was able to know that Spider-Man was going to be in a position where he would relinquish the glasses. I think that was a big... Well, it wasn't a very calculated risk, I guess. There's also the thing of, okay, so I get that, and this is going to be spoilers again, but I get that when Mysterio was defeated, everyone that was working with him was probably worried about what would happen, but why reveal Spider-Man's identity? When, yeah. what, who, who, does that, who does that empower? If Mysterio's gone, who does it help to reveal who Spider-Man really is and change that dynamic of it? That's just petty for without petty's reason because these people... They seem to want to do the Mysterio stuff, but they didn't really seem like they were necessarily bad people. Yeah. And this seems more like a villain ploy like like that Mysterio defined, defies, but then his people still carry it out even afterwards? Yeah, and it was alluded that the... I can't remember his name, but the... I guess the cinematographer yeah. or whatever, he did all of that. Yeah. But Mysterio Why literally threatened him. Yeah. Like, put a drone gun to his head and everything. Yeah, so why would they... I don't... I. There, there are some flaws if you really think about it, just a little too much. But it's growing pains, I yeah. guess, for the MCU that like everything they were building for is over with, and now they have to like set up new stakes for Spider-Man so he can be the center of the universe. Yeah, and and that was another thing. Even in the comic books, I never understood like how so many people were like, "Oh, he's a bad guy." I don't. It's like we literally see him save people all the time, and. It's like, I know he works outside the law and whatnot, but... So does every other hero in the entire yeah. universe. Yeah, and I think especially in the MCU, Spider-Man's been built up more of a hero, as a hero, not a vigilante. Yeah. Like, he's been legitimized already. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious to see with that direction. But I do like how J. Jonah Jameson is more of like a Bill O'Reilly talking head instead of a newspaper publisher. I thought that was a neat twist. And that they brought back J.K. Simmons. Oh, which was... I would have been kind of mad if they didn't. Well, I mean, I could have seen them recasting because it's comics. You can recast whoever you want. It's just, I can't think of anyone who can play that character better. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they kept that under wraps the way that they did, like, I, 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 that surprised the hell out of me. That was a surprise cameo. Like, there were cheers in the theater when, um, when he showed mm-hmm. up for our viewing. Yeah. Yeah. No one cheered in ours, but I got Aww. a little happy on the inside. <laughs> More than a little happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, are you more excited for the next into the spider-verse or the next mcu spider-man into the spider-verse yeah yeah i'm hesitant just because the first into the spider-verse was just so amazing in its true definition i am excited about the next iteration of into the spider-verse but i'm also very wary well it's not as though sony has a great track record with their spider movies i mean the first spider-man was good like back 2002 2004 whenever that came out uh was good but it was flawed in its own way partially because it went through what like three different iterations before it finally came out and was almost a james cameron movie before he went off to make aquaman instead and Mm. yeah so so, that I means Sam Raimi came in and did his Sam Raimi thing. It was great. It felt like a Sam Raimi version of the movie. But right. it was great. But it definitely had some flaws from the birthing process. And oh, yeah. Spider-Man 2 was good in places, but I never felt like the villain really coalesced in that one. Doc Ock didn't quite mm-hmm. come together. Not like she did in Into the Spider-Verse. Such a good villain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Oh, that Doc Ock was so great. <laughs> yeah. And then... The third one was just ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as bad as Amazing Spider-Man 1 was, it's um, incredible how much Sony was able to come under that bar for its sequel. Oh, yeah. So, 
I mean, the fact that the second MCU movie in the Spider-Verse chain or Spider-Man chain was weaker is to be expected. It seems like you can't make two good Spider-Man movies in a row. So I'm I'm with you. I'm worried about how the second Into the Spider-Verse is. I guess if they can get the clone high guys back, hmm? uh, Lord and Miller, mm-hmm. then maybe it'll still be good. But, I mean, they didn't bring the same people back for the second MCU Spider-Man movie, so I just, I don't know. Oh, I have faith. I don't. <laughs> well, but, that's good. Because the issue, the issue that I typically see is that what usually does in a good show or a good series or a good movie or series of movies is that they stray away from what fucking worked. Mm-hmm. And that's what I worry about. It's like they, they're they going to stray away from what worked so well in the first one for whatever reason, and it's just going to topple the second one. That's what I worry about. Mm. I don't worry about that. I mm. do. So... Uh, I guess final thoughts on this one then is what Spider-Man or Spider-Man villain or whatever do you want to see them tackle in the next Into the Spider-Verse then? Hmm. Hero or villain? Because there are a lot of little Spider-Mans out there too. Speed Armands. Um, Scarlet Spider has always had a very close... That's that's the other Ben Parker with mm-hmm. the hoodie? You actually like that character? Yes. You're not just being... No. Okay. <laughs> want to make sure. I'm one of four people that do. I realize that. I am number two of those four people, actually. (laughs) Are you also voting for Scarlet Spider, then? As part of the Spider-Verse. As part of, yeah, as part of that Spider-Verse. Like, I could see him as being one of the ones that pops up. Okay. That'd be interesting. I mean, we've seen seen enough Green Goblins at this point. We got a good Doc Ock. Trying to run my head through, like, who would be a good, like, villain for it. The wrecking crew that'd be cool well, i'm almost like you know they want to do sinister six i would almost mm-hmm. like an like an almost exiles version of sinister six where they that'd brought cool. like six really out there versions together into one universe and then had to, yeah. yeah that could be cool well and that could work too just because in the first one they did start bringing in more villains they had uh they had scorpion they had um a scorpion not rhino i was thinking it was rhino just because he was big but yeah but yeah. like Towards the middle of the movie, yeah. like they were bringing in more villains. So uh-huh. if they can do that, then they Because really, they could just do a Doc Ock too, because the villain was Kingpin, not... Yeah, they could focus more on her and maybe have her go up against um, Spider-Gwen for like her movie yeah. or something. That'd be cool too. Anyway, let, let's hope. Let's hope Sony can actually mm-hmm. give us two in a row of one of these at some point. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So this has been Not So Life from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. I'm Josette. I'm trying to think of something clever to say, but I can't. Clearly. Josh Schaefer. Next to me is Josh trying to think of something clever, Schaefer. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Bye.